let me just start by asking you a question. Uh, are you ready for Christmas? Now, as, as I ask that question, I imagine that all sorts of lists are coming to mind, like, do we have our tree? Uh, do we have decorations up? Have I, have I purchased gifts yet? Um, all of those things. Do I have my ugly Christmas sweater? Is that thing prepared? And, and all of these things are, are well and good, right? These are things that we think of when we think of Christmas, often like especially like the holiday of, of Christmas. And, and, but I think we would all agree that that's not the most important part about Christmas. As the saying goes, the, that the reason for the, the season is that we are celebrating the arrival of hope in the birth of of Jesus. And so let me ask you maybe again the same question, are, are you ready for, for Christmas? And, and I ask you that because I think most of us as we prepare to get towards Christmas Day, we, we move towards it with the desire that we would experience this season and we would experience Christmas Day in, in a significant and in a transformative way. That we would actually as we got to the other side of Christmas, maybe we would look and live and, and love more like Jesus, be transformed a little bit more like Jesus. And yet, what typically takes place, if you're anything like me, you get caught up in, in all the, the busyness, you get caught up in all the, the buying, you get caught up in just the, like the holiday season, and, and you end up on, on Christmas Day ready to open presents, but unprepared to re receive the gift of this awe and wonder at the birth of Jesus. And, and I share all that because today is the, the second Sunday in, in Advent. And we are really intentional when we go through this season, these four weeks leading up to Christmas, to, t to talk about this season of, of Advent. And for, for you, if, maybe if Advent is a, a newer season, a newer idea, a newer concept, let me just give you just a, a brief understanding of, of, how, of what it is. Trevor Hudson describes it this way. He says, Advent is built around the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, that it's an opportunity to be prepared. It's a time of, of preparation, that we would be preparing ourselves to, to seek Jesus in this time, the Jesus who, who came in, in the past, the Jesus who is continually coming to us in the present, and the Jesus who will come to us again in the future. He would go on to say, um, he would go on to say this, that during Advent, we pray with our heart and our mind Come, Lord Jesus, come. Along with this prayer of deep longing and yearning, we wait and watch. We remember and repent. We believe and behold. Above all, we seek to stay awake and become aware. Jesus often enters our lives in quiet, hidden, and unexpected ways. And that's why as we head into Advent this year, while we're doing an Advent series for these four weeks, why we're calling it Behold. As Pastor Mitchell shared last week, like that word behold, when it's used in scripture, it's often telling us or pointing us and saying, don't miss this. In, in the amplified version of the Bible, in that translation, they often translate it as listen carefully. And so this morning as we enter into this together, I just want us to take a moment just to, to prepare our hearts and, and to settle our souls Maybe just a moment of, of just quiet where we can just close our eyes, take a deep breath, and prepare our hearts to behold today. So would you do that with me? Just close your eyes and maybe just take a, a deep breath and we'll just quiet our hearts and settle our souls. Jesus, we, we ask that you would come today. And in that, Lord, we realize that you are already here. And so this morning, would you simply awaken us 
to the reality of your presence and bless us by it. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, if, if you are willing and able, I, I invite you to stand with me as, as I read from God's word out of um, Luke's gospel in, in chapter 1, starting in verse 26. There it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will receive in your womb and bear, you will conceive in your womb and, and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now, this is an amazing story, right? And maybe it's one that's, that's familiar. It's one that if you've kind of read through Luke's gospel or if you kind of prepared for Christmas, maybe this sounds familiar, this angel showing up to Mary and, and making this, this outlandish offer of, of, of a miracle and, and Mary's kind of humble submission to the, to the work of God in, in her life. But as I read this story uh, this week and in, in the weeks preparing for it, I was reminded in, that we often overlook one part of this story, and that is that, that um, the impact that all of this would have on Mary, the impact of all the things that the angel Gabriel said would happen to her and would happen through her, the impact it would have on Mary and, and on her life. Now, if there was one word that I would choose to describe what was about to happen to Mary in, in, the, in the upcoming weeks, months, and years, that word would be upheaval. Now, upheaval, if you look it up in, in the dictionary, it's defined this way. It's a strong and sudden, drastic change that causes significant disruption. Now, for me, when I think of upheaval, I think about when my kids were little, and honestly, I think about the Martinez family a little bit, but, but when my kids were little and and we would host small group in our house. We would have, you know, five or six families join us, and often they had children with them. And, and so as the adults, we wanted to be alone so we could, you know, eat and, and read and pray and laugh, all the things. So we just sent the kids back into a room with all the toys and just let them just kind of be. And, and then we'd go on with our night, and we'd go back there in an hour later, and, and the room itself was a scene of upheaval. Like every Lego had been dumped out of its basket, every toy off of the shelf, everything had been flipped upside down. It was like the visual definition of, of upheaval. Now, in our lives, 
when we experience upheaval, it's often this flipping upside down of all the things that we are experiencing in life, all the things that we are hoping for or desiring, or just like just life is getting flipped upside down in a way that maybe came out of the blue or maybe that we were not prepared for, but it, it leaves us in a, in a state of, of upheaval. And I wonder today, maybe you can, are reminded of a time Maybe it's a funny time like with your kids, but maybe it's a time that wasn't so funny where, where you experienced some upheaval in your life. Maybe even this morning you're coming into this place and you're like, I'm in the middle of things being flipped. Maybe this morning you can just simply relate to what Mary was going through or what Mary would go through in in the days and weeks ahead. I mean, look at the things that she would change, that would change for her. Changes in her relationship, changes in her reputation, status, changes to her location, changes to her own personal safety, changes to her health, changes to her body. You see, what the angel was proposing to Mary was more than just a miracle. He was um, proposing to her a, an invitation into upheaval. And what amazes me as I read that story today, and it's what stood out to me as I, today and in, in the days leading up to this, was, wasn't all the, the things that the angel said would happen. It wasn't all the, the cool things about Jesus, so those, those are amazing and those would be the topic of a different sermon. What, what stood out to me was that after the angel Gabriel said all of these things to Mary about all the, the ways that would happen, all the things that would happen to her, and then the reality of knowing what would happen to her in the future was the peace with which she responded to it all. The peace that she had in, in the, the prospect of, of upheaval. Mary had peace and she, was, she appears to be at peace in this moment. Listen again to the words that she had after the angel Gabriel said all this. She said, let it be to me according to your word. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, I loved having the, the Martinez family up here, and they all kind of gave their definitions of, of peace. I hope you were writing some of those down. They were fantastic, and they fit exactly with what we'll be talking about today. Because I think if we were to ask you in the room, if you could define peace to, to your neighbor next, sitting next to you, you might find yourself struggling for words and maybe kind of finding some images of, of what peace looks like. I think when we think of peace on a, on a global scale, peace looks like a, an absence of conflict or, or maybe an absence of war. And honestly, I think sometimes peace in our homes feels that way. It's just absence of conflict. Things are settled and calmed and, and just very cool. And honestly, I think the world tries to offer us a, a piece of, of, that would say that when things are going well, I have this state of, of well-being when I am content and things are going well in my life. But, but neither of these things are what we see in Mary in this moment. These, are, these aren't the type of, this isn't the type of peace that Mary was experiencing in these moments. What Mary experienced was God's peace. She was experiencing peace of God in this moment. One scholar would define this peace of God in this way. He'd say it's an inner assurance that ultimately all will be well. It's an inner assurance that ultimately all will be well, even in the midst of upheaval, that all will be well. And it's not a, a, that an assurance or a promise that all is going to be great or all is going to be the way you want it, but that all 
that all will be well. It's a piece is, again, I should have just asked the Martinez family just to preach this message. They, they did a great job. But it's, it's, again, it's a piece that Paul would describe as a piece that transcends all understanding. It's a piece that positioned Mary on the cusp of, a, of, of upheaval to say, let it be to me according to your word. Jesus, again, would later talk about this piece as he was preparing to leave and he was preparing his disciples to go into life without him and literally into a life of, of upheaval. These are the words that Jesus left with him. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think it's fascinating that right before this, in the verses right before this, Jesus is, is talking to them about the Holy Spirit about how God will be sending this comforter, this, this advocate, this one who would strengthen them and this one who would equip them. And then he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Because I think for us, we love it if, if peace meant that it all could be calm, that all of the upheaval could be flipped back right side up and that we would be in, in a settled state of, of peace. But Jesus doesn't promise the absence of upheaval. He doesn't promise the absence of, of pain. He doesn't promise the absence of, of loss or any of those things. He promises his presence. And his presence is his peace. And he promises that in the midst of upheaval, in the midst of pain or suffering or loss or whatever it is that, that might be caused, causing us to feel anxious in these moments. In fact, those are the places again, in upheaval or in pain where we can experience God's peace. If, we're, if all is well and, and all is settled and, and I'm convinced that life is good, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm really aware of God's peace in those moments. It's when I'm in the most, the, the loudest spaces in life when, when peace sounds the quietest. So why was, why was Mary able to be at peace why was Mary able to be at peace in this moment when she's being invited into upheaval, invited into a lot of change, invited into what seemed impossible to her and, and to us? Well, I want us to remember the words that the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. He said, you are favored. Which really, I mean, we could say that that means, like, God is for you. And then he says, God is with you. You are favored and God is, is with you. If you've been here at Journey Church for a while, you, or at least the last handful of months, I've probably said this, that the Scott McKnight de defines the love of God in this way. He says it's this rugged commitment to be with, for, and unto his people. And what Mary, what the angel was pointing out to Mary is that God is, is with you and, and God is for you. He was demonstrating that God is, is loving and he loves you. He was pointing out God's loving presence to Mary. You see, the peace of God is found in the loving presence of God. I remember when my family and I, when we were actually preparing to go to Rwanda, uh, leaving with our kids, it was, Brady was three, Allie was five, and Sam was eight. Now, Brady and Allie, sorry, but they just didn't really totally know what was going on. Like, they were like, just 
sure, we'll pack our bags and go anywhere, right? They were just fine. But, but we knew when we told Sam that it was going to take a little bit more intention. It was going to take a little bit more conversation to, to explain to an eight-year-old that we're leaving home and we're going to a whole new home in a different country and away from friends and family, all the things that you know. And, and we were worried that it would, this upheaval, this prospect of upheaval would be traumatic or, or hard for him or whatever. And, and it was amazing as we sat. I think we were just sitting in the car after... <laughs> Um, after just, I don't know why I'm getting emotional about that. That's weird, but um, I, I just remember we were sitting in the car after we took him out to dinner and we were just talking about it. And I can't even remember exactly what I said, but it's like, that sounds great. And the reason why it sounded great to him or he just had no problem with it is because he was going with us. He was in the loving presence of, of his mother and his father. Like, there was peace in the prospect of, a, of upheaval because he was with those who, who loved him and cared for him. He was in the loving presence of, of his parents. And that's why Mary in this moment could say, yeah, Lord, let it be to me as, as it says in, in your word because I'm in your loving presence. I'm surrounded by it. You're, the Holy Spirit is, is, I mean, the angel told you it's going to be upon you. The power of God is going to overshadow you. The Lord loves you, is, is with you, and is, and is for you. And that was enough. That was enough for Mary. You see, Mary didn't have all, didn't have all the answers. Um, she didn't know what was going to happen next. She didn't know how the future would play out. She didn't know any of those things. But what she had was trust. Trust that nothing will be impossible for God. Trust that, that no word from God will ever fail. Trust that God was with her, that God was for her, that God, that he loved her. And here's the thing is that Mary's trust in God not only brought her peace, it brought her this inner assurance that, that ultimately all would be well, but it was actually through her trust that the Prince of Peace was brought into the world for us, we read this in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, where it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so if we could be honest with ourselves and, and with one another this morning and, and maybe in the days ahead, I think that many of us are in need of this right now, that we are in need of, of God's peace, that we are in need of the Prince of Peace. I think there are many of us who come in this morning in the midst of change or upheaval or chaos, maybe pain or, or loss. You can, you can fill in the blank of what upheaval maybe looks like in your, in your life right now. And maybe you're not. Maybe you're coming in in a, in a fantastic space, but the reality is, is like a lot of things in life, we're either coming out of upheaval and change or we're in upheaval or change or we're heading towards upheaval and change. These things are, it's just, you're going to be in one of those seasons that at every stage of life and you're probably, if you're not there yet, then enjoy it, but it's, the day is coming, so. Um, but we need, we need God's peace. We need the presence of Jesus. We need the Prince of Peace. We need Emmanuel, who is God with us. God with us in the midst of upheaval, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of pain. I found myself um, 
this week a couple times. Praying, and just a simple prayer. In fact, Mitchell um, pointed it out last week. He's, he talked about this, this cry out to God, come, Lord Jesus, come. So I found myself praying that a few times. And to be honest, I wasn't just praying like, Jesus, come back and, and sweep us away to a, a heavenly home, which would be fantastic. It was like, Jesus, would you come now? Would you come here? I think that that's the reality that Jesus came as a baby. He is coming constantly in these moments. And he will come again in the future, but we, we can kind of cry out to him in, in our upheaval. Lord, come into, into this space. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Reveal your nearness in the middle of the upheaval, in the chaos, and in the pain. But I think this is, there's something that we forget when we think of, of this story, when we read about Mary, and we, see, and we just think of all that, that is coming for her. I think we forget that, that we are a lot like Mary. We're more like Mary than, than we think we are. I think Mary can, can often get elevated in, in some ways, rightfully so. But it, the reality is that God is for, is for all of us. <laughs> that we are all favored. That word uh, favored, it really is the same word for grace. This free gift that is bestowed upon all who would receive it. So we're all favored. So God is for us. God is with us. The Holy Spirit, once we, once we step into that surrendering of ourselves into following Jesus, that Holy Spirit is, is upon us. The, the power of God will, will overshadow us. And even though, unlike Mary, we will not carry the, the flesh and blood body of Jesus in us, we are invited to carry his spirit. We are invited to share his presence with the world around us. See, not only can we experience the peace of his presence, we can become an extension of his presence through his presence in us. In fact, maybe this, is, this has been your experience. I know it has been for me that I want to experience the presence of God. I want to experience this tangible experience of, of his love and, and his grace. And, and yet it, I often feel myself left wanting in that space. But the reality is, I think, is that most often the, the most powerful and tangible expressions of God's presence, of his peace, that it comes through the indwelling presence of Jesus in other people, in other people who are following Jesus. Like we can be that tangible presence of, of peace in the lives of those around us. We can carry that peace into our homes. We can carry that peace as we carry the presence of Jesus into our, our workplaces, into the, the upheaval of, of someone else's life. In fact, I love how there's a prayer by St. Francis, or at least it's attributed to him, and, and I've shared it here before, but I wanted to share it again today. I think it just captures a lot of this, this beautifully. The, the prayer says this. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. 
Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Man, look at all those things that you sow. Peace, love, pardon, faith, hope, light, joy. You're, you're sowing Jesus in these moments, right? Like, Lord, make me an instrument of, of you, of your presence. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I read an Advent devotional this, this week that talked about compassion, and it just explain compassion I won't go into it but at the end it just it gives this practice and he says think of someone who you could extend compassion to today like who you could be a, an expression of compassion to today and, and he said don't worry about what what you're going to say or what you're going to do he said the greatest gift that you can give to those in need is your loving presence like all of these things really could be like just an infusion of, of the loving presence of God found in us into the lives of those around us. And so I'd like to invite the, the worship team to come up. And as they do, I want to invite you uh, to do two things this week. The first is this, and they're going to come up on the screen so you can read them and see them. But the first is to take five minutes this week to stop and, and be with God, to just stop all the things that you're doing and just sit in the loving presence, presence of God. Be reminded that, that you are his beloved and that he loves you deep, deeply. Sit comfortably, close your eyes, open your hands and quiet your mind. As you sit there, express your trust in God by offering Mary's words as your own prayer to God the Father. Let it be with me according to your word. Maybe that just goes on repeat. Or maybe you fill in the blank for those five minutes. Maybe it's five minutes of just sitting in the presence saying, Lord, I belong to you. Jesus, you love me. This, who knows? And then this week I'd invite you to pray that prayer of St. Francis. We'll post it online on Monday, I'm sure. And you can Google it. It's not hard to find. But spend, like, just pray that prayer a few times this week, and then look for some practical opportunities to actually live out the priest prayer, the peace prayer of St. Francis in, in this week, that you might be an extension of the loving presence of God, the peace of God, and the upheaval that's all around you. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. God, thank you that we can sense and know your loving presence. I ask that you would continue to awaken us to the the reality of it, that you would help to open up our eyes to the, and be aware of, of how much you love us and care for us, how you are with us and for us, how you'd never leave us or forsake us, Lord. I pray that as, uh, for those um, who are in here today, and maybe that's you, that just feel like they're in the middle of upheaval, like in a space that's opposite of what peace feels like. And I just pray that they would sense your presence that they would put their hope and their trust in you this morning, Jesus. And they would be assured that while things might not be perfect right now, that ultimately all will be well. And God, for, the, for all of us, I would ask that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit, that you would fill us afresh this morning with your, with your Holy Spirit, 
that we would be equipped to carry out and carry your presence out into the world, out into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our families, relationships, all the spaces and places that we find ourselves, Lord. We ask that you would do that in and and through us and use us, Lord. And I pray that for all of us that we could say just as Mary did, Lord, let it be with me, as it says in your word. In your name we pray, amen.